Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today is December 29th, 2021, and our first story. Republicans vow revenge, and Democrats are panicking because the victory in November seems inevitable. And Joe Biden likely will be impeached. And do Democrats deserve it? Well, they played with fire and now they'll get burned. In our next story, The View is struggling to find a Republican to join the show because nobody wants to. The divide is real. They want a leftist Republican who's popular? Weird. Never going to happen. In our last segment, men are getting vasectomies in support of women over fear that Roe v. Wade could be overturned. Now, it's interesting news considering the declining birth rate. And before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. Share the show with your friends. And now let's get into that first story. Revenge. That's how many Republicans have been framing it. Revenge. That when they win the House, when they win the Senate, and then eventually take the presidency, the gloves are coming off. They're no longer going to play nice. And I think they're being honest, completely honest. And in fact, many Democrat personalities and journalists agree. In an article for the Philadelphia Inquirer, the impeachment of President Biden and other American nightmares coming in 2023. Oh my, look who has come home to roost. The Democrats impeached Donald Trump twice on complete BS. They, there was endless scandals, accusations of colluding with Russia. And you expect Republicans to sit back while this is going on for five years and then do nothing. Now, I could sit here and say to all of you, it would be nice if there was some de-escalation. It would be nice if Republicans said, we are not going to play those games. We are going to lead this country. The problem is, if they do, the Democrats won't back down. They'll keep playing the same games. I mean, look at what they're doing with January 6th. Of course, a lot of Democrat personalities and leftists who think January 6th was the apocalypse. Let me let me explain very simply for those that may not understand. While there were many who rioted on January 6th, there are people who have been in solitary confinement for months charged with trespassing. So no, there will be no backing down should Republicans win. But I will say this to Republicans. You better pray that the Republican base, that the MAGA crowd, that Trump supporters vote in the primaries. Because if they don't, you're going to get the good old establishment Republicans who will do nothing. Now, we've got some data and we've got some statements from uh, uh, populist candidates. Joe Kent, for instance, is saying that he's going to impeach Joe Biden. One of the first things that they're going to do when they win, I think, is the correct move. And I can break it down for you very simply, having to do with Burisma and Mykola Slachevsky and Viktor Shokin and the president of Ukraine and Burisma, all of these companies, Hunter Biden. I believe there is ample evidence to initiate impeachment hearings against Joe Biden for this. And I personally believe the right thing to do for the Republicans is to impeach Joe Biden. I understand many people are worried that Kamala Harris will then become president. Yes, uh, but I'm not thinking about that. I can't think about the fears of what may be with Kamala Harris, even though it may be worse. 
I'm not concerned so much with the politics as I am with the system and with justice. When politics becomes more important than the system, the system will collapse. And if we sit back and say we will not impeach Joe Biden because we are worried about Kamala Harris, then you have a corrupt individual in the seat of the presidency. I think I can break down for you a bit of the basics on what happened with Joe Biden and and why he should be impeached. I think it's fair to do to explain why these Republicans want to do it. Now, as to whether or not Republicans will actually win, as I stated, the primaries are going to be very important. Also, what will be important is whether or not people have faith in these elections. But I got to be honest with all of you. The polls right now show the apocalypse is coming for Democrats. In this article I mentioned, the one right before you about the impeachment of Biden, they lay out how many pollsters have said it's done. The Democrats aren't going to win this. The economy is in shambles. Critical race theory is also creeping up to the forefront. And regular Americans have said, I am mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I don't think Republicans have all the answers, but a lot of people are just going to vote against Democrats no matter what they do. And as lockdown restrictions continue and escalate, Stores are closing and schools are getting shut down. Regular Americans are saying we will take the risks and we will vote for whoever puts an end to this, which means Democrats have a good reason to panic. I want to read you this article and go through the data. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you will support all of our journalists and get access to our exclusive members-only segments on the TimCast IRL podcast and our other shows. As a member, we have a a ton of uh, projects in the works. We have new shows. We have a book we just released. And you will get exclusive access to premium content. And you will also be helping us do more work. A little redundant, I guess, but sure. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. The most powerful thing you can do. Let's read this story. The impeachment of President Biden and other American nightmares coming in 2023. With polls gerrymandering, making a GOP house all but inevitable. In 2023, Americans need to ponder a year that could tear the nation apart. I am deeply offended by this, by this, the, 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 the the ignorance. I am deeply offended by this article for what we all went through for five years. I don't care about your policy positions. Russiagate, P-tape lies. My favorite article, there may be a tape of, of Trump doing something somewhere, but what he's doing and where it is, we don't know. I'm not kidding. That was a real article from the Huffington Post. They called it the Great White Whale. It was literally nothing, and they wrote an article about it. That's how much they hated Trump. They lied to us. They tried to keep soldiers in Syria by lying to us. They did. I think they did it. Joe Biden comes in and botches the Afghanistan withdrawal. I am deeply offended at the notion that it is now going to be a nightmare only if Republicans win. No, we've all been dealing with what's been going on for some time. Now, if you've been oblivious to this, if you weren't paying attention to the news outside of your bubble or outside of CNN, you probably didn't realize. But for most of us, we've been dealing with the collapse of this country due to the psychotic behaviors of Democratic establishment leaders and, yes, many Republicans. But let's be real. It was Adam Schiff who went on TV with an envelope. Oh, I've got proof. Donald Trump did it. All lies. Donald Trump colluded with Russia. Lies. And here we are. People were goaded into voting for Joe Biden based on lies. They withheld information on Hunter Biden and and his dealings and the corruption of Joe Biden. Lies and social media censorship. And now we're reaping the rewards of a failing presidency. Well, here's what Will Bunch writes for the Inquirer. Imagine this. It's a gray, chilly day in Washington, D.C. in March of 2023. A handful of protesters from left-leaning groups like Indivisible are huddled outside the icy Potomac winds, but mostly here's a climate of disbelief 
in the nation's capital as the GOP-dominated House of Representatives wraps up debate over the impeachment of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., 46th president of the United States. Was it a nightmare when Donald Trump was impeached twice on completely BS reasons? Spare me. It was a little more than five months since the Republicans gained 43 House seats in the 2022 midterms, many in newly gerrymandered seats. And since the incoming chair of the House Judiciary Committee, Rep. Jim Jordan of Ohio, started studying a menu of equally off the wall options, Hunter Biden's laptop. Hey, that was real. The Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, yeah, everyone except for like cultist Democrats believes Joe Biden botched that or something unprecedented about the president's mental acuity. Unprecedented. The dude said true in Anana Shaba depression. And these people who voted for him don't know it. For Biden, for Biden impeachment hearings, Joe Biden should be impeached over Ukraine, period. And I will say that definitively. We'll get into it. In the end, Jordan and his colleagues, including the radical QAnon conspiracy theorists who replaced GOP moderates Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, decided the pretext didn't even matter that much. House Speaker McCarthy, who staved off a challenge, blah, 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 delivered his closing speech. A code pink protester burst onto the floor and screamed, why are you doing this? Well, Madam Code Pink protester, if you paid attention to the news, you may know that Joe Biden is deeply, deeply corrupt and his family fortunes have conspicuously tracked alongside his political career. Or do you not read Politico who published that? Two burly guards drag her out. This is America's immediate future. That's right. A couple developments this week, blah, blah, blah. But he goes on to say, here's what's going to happen. A Biden impeachment. The most extreme Republicans on Capitol Hill have been champ- champing, uh, champing at the bit to hold Biden impeachment hearings. In fact, four GOP House members filed lost cause impeachment articles against the 46 back in September. Do you remember before Trump was impeached, several Democrats did the exact same thing? Yeah, revenge is a dish best served cold, and it will come in the winter. Now, I don't know if it's the right thing. I can tell you this. I don't believe any Trump supporter, any Republican, and most moderates will sit back and accept Republicans doing nothing. You can call it revenge. You can call it retribution. You can call it justice. I will tell you this. The fissure is real. And should Republicans take back the House after a strong primary and populists replace the establishment? This very well may happen. He goes on to say, given the party's Trump inspired push for a tit for tat revenge against Democrats, it's not hard to picture a 2023 effort to put Biden on par with 45. Think about where this leads as a country. I'm sad to see it and I'm sad to hear it. But it started with Democrats, not Republicans. And now if Republicans are going to say we must, I'll put it this way. The Democrats accused Trump of being a Russian puppet. They impeached him. It was a lie. The Ukraine stuff. Then January 6th, lies, lies, lies. If it starts there, we cannot move on as a country unless there is real accountability. We cannot allow one political party to lie, cheat, and steal. In doing so, Republicans pushing back will trigger the Democrats to claim Republicans are fascists. I don't see a way past this. He goes on to add. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items, like your transmission engine, electronics, and so much more. 
CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. It will be the end of accountability for January 6th and the Trump's and Trump's failed coup. It's exactly what they believe will happen. He says within weeks of arguably the most dangerous day for American democracy since the end of the Civil War, the overwhelming majority of GOPers in Capitol Hill made clear their belief that any investigations into the causes and the leaders of the insurrection are a partisan witch hunt. The most dangerous day since the end of the Civil War. No, I think that was when they started the Russiagate proceedings against Trump. Maybe it was even the 2020 election as I described it as the, the, the spike being driven in the boulder that will cause the fissure and rip it apart. He goes on to add, a revenge-obsessed 118th Congress. You better believe it. I absolutely believe this is the path we are on. I believe Republicans will cheer for it. And I don't blame them. I really don't. Let us mosey on over to Joe Kent for Wisconsin. Joe Kent, we've had on Timcast IRL. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He tweeted, when we take power back, we are impeaching Biden, stopping his agenda in its tracks and conducting a rigor- conducting rigorous oversight. Once we get back the White House with Trump, we drive forward with putting American families and workers first. This is my promise. I say it to our base and to WAPO and MSNBC. Now, I believe he has a good chance of winning. I don't know for sure. I'm not going to pretend to be a pollster or anything, but based on a lot of issues, pertaining to polls, pertaining to the, to, to the, the sentiment Americans are, are, are describing. I think we're on track for a red wave this November. Now, you got to understand, it's an eternity away. A year is an eternity in politics. You also got to understand, if people feel that the election is pointless because they don't trust them, the Democrats will win. And if people do not vote in their primaries or locally, then it won't matter anyway, because you'll end up with establishment Republicans who do nothing. But I'll tell you where this leads us. You may notice, as I pull up this tweet, on the right side of what's happening, trending. National divorce. I almost can't believe that. National divorce is trending on Twitter. Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene suggests a national divorce scenario after Chronicles Magazine associate editor Pedro L. Gonzalez says he supports actively discriminating against some transplants from liberal states. There's also... A viral tweet from Jesse Kelly. It was meant to be somewhat facetious where he said when the Republicans win or whatever, he's going to ban communists from stores and trains. And the people on the left don't understand. They don't actually read the news. And I hate to say it, but it's, 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 it may be a generality, but it is overwhelmingly true. Not for all leftists, but many of them. They only read their own bubble news. He's making fun of you. Jesse Kelly is pointing out that right now conservatives are being banned from stores, being banned from restaurants. He's talking about what you are doing right now, Democrats. And if you're mad about it, you're looking in a mirror, a funhouse mirror, maybe. Which brings me to one of those reply guys, Jeff Tiedrich. Lauren Boebert tweeted, Joe Biden has never has not delivered on his promise for true and not a pressure. And she didn't say it exactly like that. That's what she said. And Jeff Tiedrich, who is an an anti-Trump reply guy, said her brain is finally broken. The raccoons in her head have eaten it. And a wave of Democrat supporters just said, I can't believe how dumb she is. Completely oblivious to the fact she was quoting Joe Biden. Here's my point. 
if the left doesn't understand the right in any capacity, if they don't read the news or know what's going on, there is no mending this divide. National divorce. If people don't want to know who Joe Biden is, if they don't listen to him speak, but they blindly support him and they do, you will get conflict. People saying no. Now, Joe Kent says we'll impeach Biden. Okay. From the Seattle Times, September 1st, Trump endorses Joe Kent, Republican challenger to Rep. Jamie Herrera Butler, who voted for impeachment. I think Joe Kent could win. I don't know all the data, but I've had him on the show and he's an American first guy. America first. He believes in helping Americans. He believes in, in the working class. He seems like a good dude. And he's standing up because many people on the right are fed up with what the left did. And Trump has endorsed him. That matters. Over at the New York Post, we got this story just the other day. GOP holds double digit lead among independent voters ahead of 2022 midterms. They say a new poll indicates that self-described independent voters would prefer by an 18 percentage point margin that Republicans regain control of Congress in next year's midterm elections. The poll conducted by John Zogby Strategies released last week found that 45% of independents want the GOP in charge of the House and Senate, compared to 27% who want Democrats to keep the majority. The remaining 28% said they were undecided. The very, the very same survey, I'm sorry, the same survey found that Republicans held a three-point advantage, 46% to 43% on the generic congressional ballot. Quote, in my four decades polling, Democrats need about a five-point advantage in nationwide congressional preference in order to maintain a majority of Congress, John Zogby said in a statement. With a three-point Republican lead and a substantial lead among independents, signs are pointing today to the possibility of a big Republican advantage going into 2022. National divorce. National divorce. That's what's trending. I'll show you again. Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene suggests a national divorce. I bring you now to the insane ignorance and obliviousness of activist Democrats, Occupy Democrats, oh, Occupy Democrats on Twitter. They have 218,000 followers. Now, many of these people are conservative as well. They're not the most prominent. They're a bit out there. But this tweet has been um, not, not, not just them, but a similar tweet about national divorce has gone viral. Many people are saying this. Occupy Democrats says, breaking, Marjorie Taylor Greene calls for a national divorce and says brainwashed Democrats who move from blue to red states should have a cooling off period before they're allowed to vote. RT to remind her the last national divorce was the Civil War and her side lost. If you're a follower of the of Occupy Democrats, if you're a Democrat and you want to believe them that they're that that they're that her side lost, you're free to do so. But friends, let me just tell you, it was the Democrats who lost the Civil War. The Republicans won the Civil War. And based on what I see happening today, I believe if it were to occur, for many reasons, it would be Republicans winning. I don't want one to happen. There are a lot of people who, who say that simply for me bringing it up, I'm encouraging it. Oh, please. The last thing we need is a civil war. We have China at our backs. We have Russia and Ukraine. We don't need internal conflict. Some people have said, I think, I think the elites are trying to push civil war. No, it's probably China, our, our principal adversary. And there is a, there, look, Thucydides' trap suggests, Thucydides' trap it's called, 
that when a rising economic power is about to surpass the dominant power, war breaks out. Psychological warfare, informational warfare are components of fourth and fifth generational warfare. We could be in the conflict right now, and you just don't know it. That being said, uh, Democrats lost the Civil War. The Democrats lost the Civil War, and they try to push this narrative. The party switched. No, um, that's just, it's not true. There, there may have been um, people of varying political persuasions who have changed over time. Certain regions have adopted certain policies. But the idea that the party switched is incorrect. Now, I want to tell you why I think there could be a civil war. And I want to tell you why I think it could be Republicans. And you know what? I don't need to change threads to explain it. I think you need to understand that right now, the Supreme Court has heard oral arguments on Roe v. Wade. I've mentioned this before, but I think it bears repeating, especially in this context. Many among the left and the right feel that the Supreme Court will overturn Roe v. Wade. Let me, let me clarify. They heard oral arguments pertaining to Mississippi's, I think it's an 11-week abortion ban. In the oral arguments, several of the conservative justices outright stated, well, outright made arguments that make it seem like they're not going to be upholding Roe v. Wade. <clears throat> what does that mean? If there really is a red wave, and it looks like the data suggests it, and revenge is on the menu, and I think it will be, how much you want to bet there will be a federal abortion ban? Now, I know some people have already pointed this out to me, but I don't think it changes. It doesn't change my position at all. They say, Tim, how could how could Republicans vote for a federal abortion ban if Roe v. Wade is about states' rights on the matter? When Republicans are saying it should be a matter left up to the states, the federal government shouldn't be deciding whether states can or, or shouldn't ban abortion. Twelve states already have trigger laws. The, what that means is as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortion is illegal. I don't believe that Republicans will simply just say, now that we've overturned Roe v. Wade, let's leave it to the states. I think at this point they're going to say, end it. End the killing of babies at a federal level. I think Republicans absolutely will. It's a strong moral issue. And then many blue states will refuse. And this is, in my opinion, an issue that results in people saying, I'm willing to fight for it. Blue states, sanctuaries for immigration. Are Republicans going to storm in to find immigrants, illegal immigrants? No. ICE does that. They say, okay, we're going to have dispensaries, even though the federal government says no. Are Republicans going to storm in to shut down dispensaries? No, they don't care if you smoke. Republicans don't care about that stuff. But what if, what if you're running an abortion clinic against the law? You think Republicans or conservatives would storm in? Okay, let's be real. Maybe not the majority, but do you think there's 10? 10 conservatives who would get armed and go say, we're going to shut down an abortion clinic? I think so. Is there 100? Yeah. 1,000? Mm-hmm. 10,000? Probably. 100,000? Yes. A million? Probably. People who would look at a federally, I'll put it this way. Because I was talking to uh, someone about this. What do you think would happen right now if somebody tried to enslave another person, enslave them, and they were found in a yard in chains tilling a field? Doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. Armed people would absolutely storm in and use lethal force to save that person. I'm not, and it's obvious. There are people who kidnap children and other people and hold them against their will. And police use lethal force to end it. Imagine this scenario. Abortion is banned at the federal level. 
and there are states running abortion clinics. This is where things get scary. It gets scary because you are looking at the real fissure. Someone under the law would be taking a life by, by, by um, uh, um, having an abortion or by conducting an abortion or whatever, however you want to phrase it. Could then someone act in defense of others? Scary prospect. I don't want to weigh in on, on, on you know, too much more other than to, than to say I believe that could be a very serious catalyst for civil war. And a lot of people don't seem to understand because blue states will de- defy the federal government to such a degree that the federal government will have to go in and, and be prepared for mass rioting to shut down abortion clinics. Maybe you won't get that far. Maybe the Supreme Court will not overturn Roe v. Wade. <clears throat> I don't know for sure. But I do think it's fair to say that Republicans are looking for revenge, and the Democrats do expect it. And right now, boy, is it looking bad. From SarahCarter.com, Biden approval rating falls even lower than VP Kamala Harris. Wow. According to a poll conducted by Gallup, 43% approved of the way Biden is handling the job versus 51% who disapprove. Kamala Harris is beating the commander in chief with a 44%. That's a Gallup. Those are good numbers. In aggregate, Joe Biden, I'm pretty sure he's doing a little bit worse than that among independents, substantially worse than that. Joe Biden is failing. Joe Biden has failed. I mean, the economy is trashed. Even Jim Cramer, who was like, the economy is doing well, posted a a, a photo of barren store shelves. Supply chain is, is collapsed. There are more COVID cases than ever. Biden's now entertaining the possibility of domestic vaccine, uh, uh, domestic air travel vaccine mandates. No one is happy with the trajectory. So we could be looking at an impeachment for sure. We could be looking at an impeachment, and I believe that Republicans will do it. But where could we go and what else could happen? If the abortion thing happens, and I believe Republicans would be willing to pass a federal abortion ban, regardless of what the previous ruling was on states' rights, I'd say, nope, we're shutting it down. Joe Biden would veto it. Kamala Harris, if she's president, would veto it too. I don't know if she'll be president. Then you'll get a Donald Trump. He'll run for office and he will say, I will sign the bill first thing. And then things get crazy because if that happens and you have blue states refusing to abide by the federal law to the extent that they're going to carry out abortions, even when the federal government views it as taking a life, people are going to get crazy. But could something else happen? I think so. You see, a year is an eternity in politics. And Joe Rogan had something interesting to say. The other day, the Daily Mail reported, quote, I believe if she runs, she wins. Joe Rogan backs former First Lady Michelle Obama to win against Trump if she decides to run for the 2024 presidential election, unless she backs lockdowns and mandates. You know, I would have agreed with this a few months ago, and I did. I said several times, Michelle Obama will win. She is very popular. The Obamas are very popular. She could run. She could be the first female president. I wouldn't bet on it now. Sorry, I wouldn't. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. A few months ago, maybe, 
maybe maybe before August when Joe Biden was still viewed favorably and then after Afghanistan. Nope. Everything has gone bad. Michelle Obama could run. Maybe she'll have Kamala Harris as a, as a running mate, uh, Joe Rogan says. But at this point, things are so bad that I believe regular people are going to say, I will take a ham sandwich over a Democrat at this point. And then Michelle Obama can't win. And she won't. But I don't know if she'll actually actually run. I don't know if she will. Kamala Harris might run. Pete Buttigieg might run. I really don't know. I can tell you that people are fed up. And historically, and based on the redistricting, Republicans should win. And then you are going to see their revenge. Let me, let me tell you why. I can't speak out against it. From the Daily Mail, incoming NYC comptroller Brad Lander requests NYPD security detail despite calling for force to have $1 billion slashed from its budget. I am deeply upset with an NYPD for demanding the papers from a child. I'm not here to defend them over that stuff, but I'm here not to be an idiot. For someone like Brad Lander to run, to have advocated for defunding the police and now wanting it himself, this is why I have no tolerance for the Democratic Party, for, for uh, many of these progressives and leftists. I don't know exactly what party affiliation he has, but for the politicians in general, the hypocrites, be it Republican or otherwise, Kevin uh, uh, you know, McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, don't care. This is what you get. They will, they will say one thing, turn around, and out of the side of their mouth, say something else. Look, your opinions can change. That's fine. Maybe this guy said, defund the police, and then saw all the crime and said, wow, that was a mistake. I need security now. Or maybe he just said, defund the police. Sure, that's what people want. Then when he saw the crime, he was like, Eh, I'll just give myself security. This is what you get when you vote for these people. New York City, why are the cops so bad? Because they vote Democrat, and the Democrats appoint the NYPD leadership, and the NYPD leadership drops to their knees for the Democratic Party. Then they all complain about how, how bad their own cities are. So I can't, I can't look at this stuff. I can't see what the Democrats have done over the past years and then say, no, Republicans, don't do it. Take the high ground. Nah. My attitude is Republicans, we need justice. Hillary Clinton should be indicted over the emails. You think I, oh, don't bring up the emails. That was song. I don't care. Hillary Clinton deleted public record indictment. She should be barred from public service. Joe Biden. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. I didn't bring it up yet. Let's do it. The Cutter Turkey Pipeline. U.S. and Western interests wanted a pipeline through uh, Syria and Turkey into Europe to offset the Gazprom Russian natural gas monopoly. Syria said, no, we're allies with Russia. We will not allow you to build a pipeline through here. The U.S. expressed intent to invade Syria. And then lo and behold, the civil war breaks out. Convenient for America, who arms the rebels, tries to, to, to remove Bashar al-Assad, who is smeared and slammed in the media relentlessly. And he's not a good dude, by the way. He's not a good dude at all. The U.S. wanted their pipeline, but they couldn't get it. This brings us to, oh boy, Ukraine and Russia and the annexation of Crimea. The conflict is real. But all of this leads us to Burisma, an energy company. Surprise. Was the Cut of Turkey pipeline going to go through here? And was Burisma going to be a facilitator for some of what was going to happen? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. But all of a sudden, there is this uh, um, Western-aligned energy company in Ukraine founded by a man named Mykola Zlachevsky. A CIA, a CIA official is on the board and the vice president's son. Victor Shokin, the prosecutor, opened several investigations into Mykola Zlachevsky, which would have led him to Burisma, 
where Hunter Biden was on the board of directors. Joe Biden went to the president of Ukraine and said, fire the prosecutor or you're not getting the billion dollars. That is on camera, is on video. He admitted to it. The president capitulated. In a sworn statement from Victor Shokin, the prosecutor who got fired, he said he was fired and he was told he was being fired because of Joe Biden, thus ending, I believe it was like 13 or 14 investigations into Zlochevsky. Now, at the time, he had fled the country. But since Joe Biden got that prosecutor fired, a new prosecutor came in and the cases were closed and Zlochevsky returned. Now, I don't know exactly what happened or why. Those things are true, though. Is it all related to the Cutter Turkey pipeline? It might not be. Maybe it's not. But when Western forces, Western intelligence wants natural gas in Europe, and we know they do, and you've got a CIA, I, th- I think a foreign, for- former director on the board of a Ukrainian energy company, I think it's fairly, fairly obvious and re- reasonable to put two and two together that Joe Biden did not want interference from the prosecutor and ordered his removal, a quid pro quo, as it were. For this, Joe Biden must be impeached. What was Donald Trump impeached over? Trying to stop it. Now, what what they'll tell you is that in order to secure American interests, we need this pipeline. Sure. But you're playing dirty games and you're corrupt. And when you get caught, you get called out. It's done. The U.S. can find other means to secure gas into Europe. But it's war. I get it. Here's the challenge. Everything I said about Republicans, if they play nice, the left doesn't, the Republicans lose. Well, here's the reality. China's not playing nice. Russia's not playing nice. So the U.S. is playing dirty. And in turn, they don't want their plans disrupted. It may be that the best thing for us and for Europe against China was getting this natural gas into Europe. And with the disruption of it and Trump looking into it, it threatened Western interests. Okay, well, if that's the case, you've got a problem. The American people deserve to know the truth. It's happened. And Joe Biden, if he is going to play dirty games, do not go after Trump for doing the exact same thing. You lose. We want justice. We want to know that we'll be treated fairly under the law. And if you think desperate times call for desperate measures and the other people are evil, no, we can't do it. Truth and justice. So I'll tell you this. The Republicans getting their revenge, I don't know, I don't know about all that. But the Republicans going after Joe Biden and going after Hillary Clinton is justice. They went after Trump. Okay. Russia gate, Ukraine gate, nothing panned out. Now they can go after Democrats and we can get our justice. It's hard to know how what, what, it's hard to know how to play it. It really is. Because there is a part of me that understands. Often the reasons the US does the things they do with Syria and Ukraine and things like it is so that we could all live more comfortably. But maybe it's wrong. But then what? Do we let China win? I don't have the answers for you. I am not the arbiter of morality. I can simply say as an American, I am disgusted and offended that I was lied to, that I was cheated, that I was manipulated, and we want justice. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. Knowing that many of you are big fans of The View, I thought that we absolutely had to talk about their struggle to find a Republican or conservative to replace Meghan McCain. Now, I'm kidding. I don't think any of you are fans of The View, but The View's not all bad. I mean, they had Alex Jones on the show a while back. It's just that we are becoming hyper-polarized in this country to the point where The View will not be able to actually have any semblance of a conservative voice. 
Now, I'm not going to pretend that Meghan McCain represents the Republican Party or conservatives in America because I do not believe she does. But at the very least, there was some argument. There was some debate. The big problem arises with the election in 2020. And I do not believe we will see the last of this. In fact, the 2020 election may have been that spike, which is driving the fissure and it's going to get worse. There's a poll out says that 71 percent of Republicans think the election was stolen. Seventy one percent. Now, of course, you know, we'll look at the poll and make sure we get the language uh, correct. I want to be specific in what that means. Some people think it means widespread fraud. Some people say it just means that Democrats played a dirty game, a shadow campaign, as it were. Now, the reason I bring this up is that one of the reasons The View can't find a Republican is because they said this host has to be fully vaxxed. The host cannot question the 2020 election or downplay January 6th. Do you get it now? Look, I'll tell you my thoughts on all of this. Was there a shadow campaign to fortify the election? Well, I think it was Time magazine that said literally that. Depending on your view of what that means, I think it's fair to say that there were many rule changes and strategic plays that are questionably that that are questionable that took place in 2020. Specifically, Republicans in Pennsylvania changed mail-in voting laws in violation, seemingly, of the Constitution of the state in order to have uh, mass uh, universal mail-in voting. Now, this happened before coronavirus. When you see things like that, you have to wonder what it was before before the pandemic. It was, I believe, it was October of 2019. You have to wonder why they were doing it, who they were talking to, why Republicans did this. Now, when you see something like that, you, there, there's this tweet from Rand Paul talking about the strategy the Democrats had. And I think the, uh, the, the Democrats don't actually understand it. These voters, they think Rand Paul is talking about just a regular voting. But this, in this viral tweet, Rand Paul basically says how to steal an election. The language is really important. I think he's, well, well, I wanna, I'll, I'll make sure we get the language right. This is important because... You can absolutely believe it wasn't widespread fraud, but strategy and ground game from Democrats and still use the colloquial term stolen election or whatever. That's a, it's a very important distinction, I think, when you see this poll and then understand why the view is not going to be able to get a conservative on their show. Because if moderates are even saying like, oh, yeah, the Democrats did like democracy in the park in Wisconsin and they did, you know, rule changes. Some of these rule changes came from the state's attorney general and not even from the legislature. And they were challenged in court, but dismissed on standing. Well, that's got a lot of people pissed off. And so when you ask them, they'll say, yeah, they think it was stolen. I think Joe Biden won. I know. I know. Uh, and there's a lot of people on the right. They don't, as I mentioned, 71 percent think that it was stolen. But I genuinely believe that the media's heavy hand, the, the lockdown, the rule changes, the shadow campaign contributed to Look, I'll just put it this way. Outside of whatever you think the electoral process is, Joe Biden became president and he became president through a particular means. Joe Biden won this one. That doesn't mean that there were a shadow camp. It doesn't mean that everything was clean. I think there were a, it was heavy strategy played out for years. And I think we're already seeing it now. We are entering the midterm cycle. So here's what you're going to start seeing. Anyone who opposes the establishment will get targeted. There's going to be censorship. There's going to be smear campaigns. Anybody who is opposing the, the establishment left or the Democrats is going to get roasted. And there it is. 
But let's take a look at what's going on Politico. And I want to give a special shout out to Lisa Marie Booth. She was in talks to replace Meghan McCain on The View, but refused to get vaccinated. Okay, look, my stance on the vaccination is you talk to your doctor, you figure out which makes sense for you. But I am adamantly opposed to mandates. And this is Lisa Marie Booth saying no to mandates. Fox News has a mandate in New York City. Lisa Marie Booth could go as far as to say, because they have a mandate anywhere, I'm going to quit. But no, no, no. I'm saying at the very least, stand up for yourself. Now, I will criticize Fox News outright and say in New York, they shouldn't be enforcing this. And of all the organizations that has the power to go up against edict from a Democrat mayor, it's Fox News, and they're not doing it. Criticize them for that. As it goes with Lisa Marie Booth, she lives in Miami, so she is not under a vaccine mandate. And she told ABC News, I'm not taking that job. And you want to know what? They probably would have paid her fat stacks to be on The View. She said no. I think it goes beyond just the fact that she's not vaccinated. I think the big issue is there is nothing for you as a conservative, Republican, or even a moderate on The View. Everybody on this, their establishment. Megan McCain, at the very least, pushed back. But now that she's gone, yank it, nobody. Political reports. Before taking off for the holidays, the four longstanding hosts of The View had a message for executive producer Brian Tetta. We're tired of the rotating cast of Republican guest hosts. When Megan McCain departed in August, Tata initially told the rat that he was taking a little time to find a replacement. Since then, ABC has tried out a variety of conservative fill-ins, including Essie Cup, Alyssa Farah, Morgan Ortegas, Condoleezza Rice, Carly Fiorina, Fiorina, and Gretchen Carlson. Nearly six months in, the show has yet to settle on a permanent replacement, and now the longtime co-host Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg, and Sonny Hostin are upping the pressure to pick a successor and voicing their displeasure at having to introduce new guest hosts week after week in a seemingly endless process that they find disruptive to the flow of the show. Right now, we still do need a really conservative voice, Hostin told New York Mag. Well, you ain't gonna get it. I'll tell you this. Spokesperson says they're looking at some people like Barry Weiss or Lisa Ling, neither of whom exactly fit the conservative label. Neither of them are conservative. This is the insanity. They're like, "Eh, what about Barry Weiss? She's a New York liberal, dude. Amazing. Sources close to the show said that the search has stalled. This executive struggled to find a conservative cast member who checks all the right boxes. They will not consider a Republican who is a denier of the 2020 election results, embraced the January 6th riots, or is seen as flirting too heavily with fringe conspiracy theories or the MAGA wing of the GOP. But at the same time, The host must have credibility with mainstream Republicans, many of whom still support Donald Trump. You are looking for a unicorn. It ain't going to happen. A conservative personality that has the support of mainstream Republicans, which is the MAGA wing of the GOP, who is going to come out and say what you want as it pertains to 2020 and what you want as it pertains to January 6th. You ain't gonna get it. Probably why Meghan McCain was like, I'm out, dude. This is crazy. The 2020 election, in my opinion, is a spike driven into the ground, which is creating that fissure. We are going to see this country split. We already are seeing it split. And we have this story from yesterday. A third of Americans questioning the legitimacy of Biden victory nearly a year since January 6th. A third of the entire country is questioning the election. That's scary to me. That is worrisome to me. But take a look at this. 
58% of respondents surveyed across the country believe Biden's victory was legitimate, while 33% contend it was illegitimate. Numbers that, that have held steady since the university's last poll in April of Republicans polled an overwhelming majority, 71% contest the 2020 election results. Only 21% believe Biden's win was legitimate. I think legitimate is the key word there. Because how are people, what do they mean by that? I don't think that there was, this is tough, this is tough. I don't think that there was widespread fraud in the sense that many of the conspiracy theories believe. And and this is, um, I'm not saying that in, as a pejorative. I mean, there are a lot of people who think that there was like, you know, uh, machines being hacked and shipped to China or Venezuela, shootouts in Germany. I don't think any of that happened. I'll tell you exactly what I think happened. I think two big things. Democrats and establishment Republicans a year before the election started enacting rule changes that they knew would be favorable to them. This was reported on uh, by Time magazine. It means that they there was mail in voting. It means that there was mass campaigns. It means there was democracy in the park. According to PolitiFact, which is a left left leaning political fact checker, they said democracy in the park is in a gray area because ballot harvesting is not necessarily legal or illegal in Wisconsin. So you have Republicans saying it is illegal ballot harvesting. And you have Democrats saying we were just telling people to drop off their ballots. The problem is the right is going to say that's you can't do that. And the left is going to say, yes, you can. And depending on which side you fall in, you'll you know agree with one or the other for the most part. I'm not here to tell you what to believe, you know, in, in that capacity, other than there legitimately was ground game Republicans didn't have. There was mass COVID lockdowns. Donald Trump, he was doing really well when he was speaking to the public on TV. But I think the media slamming Trump all day, every day, combined with the removal of sports and movies and people were just sitting there watching the TV, hearing about how bad Trump was, was a major contributing factor into why Trump lost the election, even though he gained 10 million more votes. I think I think there are dirty political games afoot, but that's true every year. This year, the Democrats, I think, absolutely were pre- well prepared in advance. The Republicans didn't see it coming. The, the best example of all of this, in my opinion, is Pennsylvania. Republicans creating universal mail-in voting, even though a lower court judge said likely violated the Constitution of that state. I'll tell you another big play. Republicans got to understand that you need to convince people to vote. You see what happens in Georgia. This is, this is, this is, the, this is the main point. Look, we can have a, we can have a debate over, uh, you know, I've, I've talked with Steve Bannon and Matt Brainerd and many people about what they think happened in 2020 election. I will just say this. People need to be encouraged to vote. We need to vote at the state level. We need to vote for, you know, school board, state reps, state senators, governors, mayors, etc., comptrollers, whatever, and in the primaries. And I fear that if people keep pushing the narrative that all is lost, you're going to get George all over again. The midterms are coming and we have to make sure we do everything in our power to tell people vote for freedom, vote out the incumbents, take control of this country. Your vote matters. That's what's important. So the whole the whole fraud narrative, I think, is acting as a de facto uh, uh, voter suppression. Mike Cernovich said something similar. I believe Michael Malice said something similar. We've got to tell people, go out and vote locally and in the primaries. And we'll try our best, man. But I want to throw it to Senator Rand Paul. He has this viral tweet. Wow. And the left was going after him. This is important. He says, how to steal an election. 
seeding an area heavy with potential Democratic votes with as many absentee ballots as possible, targeting and convincing potential voters to complete them in a legally valid way, and then harvesting and counting the results. You know, I think it's a very poorly worded tweet. Dr. Senator Rand Paul, I'm a big fan of Rand Paul. He's one of the few politicians I like. But I can understand why many people on the left saw this and they're like, I don't understand. Rand Paul's just saying, do democracy. Well, the issue is a few things. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Harvesting is questionably, it's in many places illegal. In many places, it's legal, but in most places, there are limitations. Harvesting is when an individual goes and takes votes from someone and turns them in. There are questions about the legality in certain jurisdictions. Rand Paul probably could have uh, tweeted this out a little more carefully, to be sure, because what his tweet says is basically that Democrats sent out ballots, told people to vote, got them to vote legally, and then sent in the, you know, harvested the results and sent them in. People are just like, isn't that voting? It's not. We, we heard over and over again from Democrats that Trump was like stealing mailboxes. Remember that? All of the crazy conspiracies. And I'm like, this is nuts. And then now we have this. Okay. Mark Zuckerberg. This is what the story's about. Wisconsin, what the story's about. Wisconsin, according to Ballotopedia, it's not necessarily legal or illegal. It's a gray area, they say, when it comes to ballot harvesting. But there are limits. In many jurisdictions, you can't just go and collect ballots. There's, it's something like a designated individual for one person can do it. That's the question. If this was going on, we've got serious issues. Now, Rand Paul already gave an interview about this, I think, previously. And what he said was most of the lawsuit, lawsuits pertaining to rule changes were dismissed on standing, not on merits. That meant that there were questions about what happened. The court said, you are not the right person to challenge this. And thus, the merits have never been ruled upon. I said this uh, uh, back then. I think Joe Biden won. I think he won in the greater sense that he became president. And that if we did not have proper adjudication in this, you will see large portions of the country denying the results. You will see large portion of this country, portions of the country being convinced later on. So here we are. Here's what I think is important about all this. I, I don't like rehashing all of this stuff. And I think it's fine when people are like, we want to look into 2020. By all means, please do. And we'll have a conversation about it. The issue is voter suppression first and foremost. But the issue is that that 2020, those questions that never got answered, a spike was slammed into a boulder. You ever see them do this? And then the boulder splits in half. You think that little spike wasn't enough to rip this boulder asunder and twain to bifurcate it. And this is what I warned was going to happen. If we did not have proper adjudication over uh, these questions, then it will result in hyperpolarization in this country. Now, 71% of Republicans are questioning the integrity of the 2020 election. That worries me mostly because I want to see, uh, I want to see people vote. I want to see legitimate elections. I want to see, you know, people go out there and primary and if people question the election, they're not going to vote. That scares me because then Democrats are going to sweep through and win. 
So at the very least, you got to get out and vote, have the discussions about the other stuff for sure. But now we can see how it's affecting things like The View. The View, they're not going to get a Republican. They're not going to get a real conservative. Talking about Barry Weiss, mad respect to Barry Weiss. I think she does good work. I've criticized her in some regards too, because I think you should for everybody. But she's not a conservative. I'm not a conservative. It's amazing. I went on the Joe Rogan podcast in the famous episode that gets brought up so often with Jack Dorsey. And conservatives were saying it's four, it's two liberals and two progressives in a room arguing over what conservatives should or shouldn't say. It's amazing, isn't it? And simply for me saying, hey, guys, here's what conservatives have told me. They go, you're a conservative. Conservatives don't do that to me. They're not like Tim Pool told us what liberals think. Therefore, he's a liberal. It's a crazy world that we live in, but there's no middle ground. Here's where I'm at. On the left, anything you do that's in defiance of their narrative or their politics makes you far right. On the right, there's nuance. Subtlety, conversation, and debate. That's just the reality. Now, the left has its, you know, Antifa types and its violent rioters. The right has very few, very, very few, if any at all. I mean, the Proud Boys go out, but they typically are a reaction to Antifa. You don't see Proud Boys showing up and smashing windows like you see Antifa. But the right does have their online, you know, trolls, just like the left does. It's just that on the right, it's the exception. On the left, it's the rule. With the establishment powers of the left, you will get trolls at the New York Times leading harassment campaigns against individuals, a a level of power the right does not have. So while I can certainly say you've got your good actors and your bad actors on all sides, the left controls the cultural institutions. And and you look at the view, what they're saying is they want a conservative who adheres to the leftist establishment narrative. And I don't mean left as in socialist. I mean the the overarching left, because you do get these progressives supporting democratic politicians. They want a unicorn. I think this country is is getting divided further and further. I believe that what's happening on The View is just another symptom of the divide being so intense. And where does it lead us? You know what I think. You know, I think there's going to be a major conflict, but I'll I'll put it this way. If the right can't uh, react the same way the left reacts, the the, the reactionary left, they're very reactionary. That means they oppose reforms and and revolution. Um, Then the right's going to lose. And, and, and I'll expand, I'll, I will expand upon this. The left is absolutely willing to go scorched earth, stand behind some of those vile, vile, uh, vile people, and they revel in the hypocrisy. I think it was James Lindsay who posted this saying that the hypocrisy of the left that you see in the media especially is it's them, it's them flouting the norms. It's them flaunting. They're telling you They can say two different things at the same time, and people will still follow them blindly for tribal reasons. The right doesn't do that. And with respect, the right doesn't do that. I mean, you should call people out and criticize people when they're bad people and not tolerate bad people. But what I mean to say is there's not the same level of organizational power on the right. You will you you will see uh, uh, there's it's just not there. The right is like right now a disparate group of uh, various factions. It, it, the right, whatever that means. You've got moderates, libertarians, disaffected liberal, post-liberal, conservative, whatever you want to call it, traditionalists. And they all have varying viewpoints and they argue with each other. So when something happens like, you know, some 
you know, so if there's like a right wing dude who punches somebody, no one on the right's going to get behind that person. They're going to say it's, 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 it goes against my principles and you're wrong for doing it. On the left, when Antifa firebombs cities and kills people like that guy in Portland did, the BLM uh, activist, then what do they get? They bail them out. Kamala Harris raises money to bail them out. Staffers from the Biden campaign bail them out. Yeah, I don't you, you, look in some in some regards, you'll see right wing uh, individuals trying to support right wing individuals for sure. Like the uh, the January 6 rioters and protesters, many of these people are getting support. Not nearly enough, though. If Antifa was was arrested on January 6, the way the right was, it would all hell would break loose. And we did see this. January 17th, 20, uh, I'm sorry, January 20th, 2017. I was there on the ground. Smashing windows, setting cars on fire, extreme violence throughout D.C. And it was because Donald Trump was being inaugurated. And when the police arrested this large group, the people all got released within the next day. Hundreds of people wearing all black clad, smashing windows, flipping garbage cans, setting tr- cars on fire, fighting people in the streets. And what happened? The, 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 the D.C. police called it a conspiracy, arrested everybody. Almost all of them got released and charges dismissed. Now, I'll be real with you. The people on January 6th who did storm the Capitol. Well, that's that's worse than just smashing windows and flipping garbage cans. But there were people who were simply trespassing because the police opened the door for them and they walked in bumbling and confused. And they're going to prison. Some of these people are going to jail. What about Antifa? Nope. They can smash up windows, run through the streets and wreak havoc because the right doesn't have the same level of coordinated collectivism. Makes sense individualists probably don't. So I think if the right can't figure that out, and I don't mean disrespectful, I mean, if they, they, they need to solve for that problem, then there's, there's a chance the right is going to lose. That being said, moderates, independent voters favor Republicans two to one in the midterms. So here's what you need to understand. It is going to get brutal. Anyone who's an anti-establishment voice will get eviscerated. They'll come for my channel. They'll come for yours. They'll come for your job because it's getting nasty in this country. They're not going to allow a red wave. They can't. And so naturally for um, redistricting reasons and for what's happening in this country, there's a good chance of a red tsunami. And then what happens after that? Republicans are already saying they're going to go, they're going to move in for revenge. So do you think Democrat establishment elites and their allies are going to allow this. Mm-mm. I think we're going to see some dirty games, my friend. People who, uh, moderate liberal types, especially the, the, the apostates, people who were liberal and are now uh, supporting Trump or the right or the populist right, they will do everything to prevent that. They don't want people who are on the left to feel safe supporting conservatives. This is always the big thing. Always the big thing. You will have someone who is like, I'm not okay with what's going on on the left. And they're a liberal, but they want that fear. We'll cancel you. We'll take your job. You will be, you will be excised from society. And that's what Republicans need. Republicans need the independent voters to be strong and fearless. So you got to be careful. Moving into this next year, there's going to be, I, I think it's going to be absolutely brutal. You think 2020 was bad? Wait till you see what happens next. We said it in 2018. The censorship, the smears, 2020, 2022, and it'll get even worse up to 2024. So I hope you're all ready. I hope you are of strong will and mental fortitude and you're ready to accept that 
at your job, people are going to accuse you of the worst possible things, that this country is going to be ripped asunder. They're going to put some uh, some Republican on the view who's not really conservative, like Adam Kinzinger, not him specifically, but, you know, Liz Cheney. That's what you'll get. And then you're going to look at this and be like, that does not represent anything about the Republican Party. Not anymore, at least, because Trump's it's the party of Trump. This is where we're headed. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Men are deciding to get vasectomies as an act of love. So saith the Washington Post in this article syndicated by Yahoo News. And I got to be honest, the story may be more hype than anything. We're in limbo week, that period after Christmas, but before New Year's where nobody wants to work. But of course I will. And the only reason I take vacation is because when no one's working, it's basically impossible to get anything done. But we have the story and I think it plays into something much larger. That is the declining birth rates of the United States, the emasculation of men, and, well, a mainstream media that overwhelmingly pushes, I don't know what the right way to describe it is, there's many stories just talking about how it's bad to be a parent. And I don't want to say that every single story does this or every single outlet does this, but there are many articles that are basically like, don't have kids. Now we get this. Men across America are getting vasectomies, an act of love. Well, this has to do with abortion. There are concerns that when Roe v. Wade gets overturned, and I'm speaking as though it's going to happen, uh, there are many who believe Roe v. Wade will be overturned next June. When this happens, men are going to have to step up and get a snip so that women don't get pregnant and don't need them. I find that interesting because I, I I don't entirely know where conservatives would fall on that, but I think it's fair to say And that might be a compromise, I guess. The big issue around abortion is that there is a life in the womb of a woman and it's being terminated. Well, if there's never a life there, then okay, well, there's no abortion. If men don't want to have kids, contraceptive or precautionary measures, I suppose, would be a good thing, right? But then I also suppose it's kind of a bad thing considering across the world, or at least in many places, the birth rate is rapidly, rapidly declining. Elon Musk went so far as to say that if we don't start having more babies, we are doomed. Elon Musk is correct. People need to understand this, that everything we have, all the comforts we have are due to the massive population. Now, not completely. There are a lot of people who contribute nothing to the world and just consume. That's true. That's why you get these global elites that are just like, kill people. I'm kidding, by the way, but there certainly are creepy weirdos with power who absolutely don't care about whether someone lives or dies. But, you know, when it comes to like Bill Gates, for instance, here's a guy who's publicly given a TED talk saying we need to reduce population growth. Now, I'm not going to pretend to have all the uh, data that he claims to cite or whatever, but I can tell you this. There, uh, Actually, let me give you an example of why we need people, why Elon Musk is right. And I think Bill Gates is wrong. Now, I certainly think there's overpopulation issues. Michael Malice, a good friend of the Timcast IRL podcast and the show, says that it may be density issues, or he says it's an issue of population density. But let me give you an example. There was a guy who did a TED talk about making a toaster from scratch, a toaster. You can go buy one for 10 bucks. You can work for one hour as a McDonald's. Yes, I know McDonald's is pronounced McDonald's. And you can get a toaster, basically. After taxes, maybe an hour and a half, right? Well, when trying to make a toaster from scratch, that is finding your own metals, making your own wiring, getting your own rubber for coating the wiring, all of that stuff couldn't be done. Notably, getting the plastics couldn't be done. So what did the guy do? He mined plastic. He went to a dump and he scooped it up. 
I'm sorry, that doesn't count. I suppose you could just make a metal toaster. You don't need the plastics. But the point is, the luxuries we have today at low cost are due to the fact that there are there's a massive population, all with different specialties that allow for this to happen. I was watching uh, Star Trek, the, the, the reboot one, where they're in like the alternate timeline. And there's that scene where Kirk rides up on his motorcycle or whatever to the giant starship. And I'm just like, the amount of specialties you would need to craft such a vehicle is insane. Think about how many different kinds of people you need just to build a house, right? Building a house used to be like, I will place these two pieces of wood up against each other and put leaves on top and you are done. Then we invented plumbing. Now you need city sanitation to connect you to the main line. You need uh, home contractor plumbers who can go in and install all the pipes and make sure it's done right. They're not going to do the electrical. You need many different specialties for modern advancements in a home. Now, a lot of these uh, electricians can do basic stuff like wiring internet and stuff like that, but then you've got a bunch of different utilities. Now, with the advent of solar, you get it. It's becoming more and more complicated to have a functioning modern home. Now, that's simple. Imagine building a massive starship or something like that. It's going to require a lot of people. So stories like this aren't just about masculinity. They're not just about men not being able to have families or being unwilling to have families. It's about the future of civilization and what it means if we don't have more children. And obviously, comment below. I don't got any kids either. We can talk about that. Certainly not getting my balls chopped off. Um, well, I'm, I'm kidding. They're not getting their balls chopped off. They're just getting their you know, vasectomies. But let's read the story from Yahoo News. They say, after Andy and Aaron Gress had their fourth child, Andy decided it was time for him to step up and help with the family planning. So he did something that the mere thought of, uh, the mere thought of makes some men cringe. He got a vasectomy. It was early one morning last winter, a brief moment of peace before juggling getting the kids and ready for online school and work, and work Zoom calls. He happened to see a local news story about discounts being offered during World Vasectomy Day. He made an appointment. All right. His wife had been taking birth control pills. I'm not a fan of birth control pills. It is a hormonal treatment on women, and it, it's, it's, it's mass medication of women. I'm not a fan of it. If women want to get birth control, I got no issue with that. I understand. But in this right here, in this opening paragraph, yo, dude's got four kids already. I don't take issue with the guy who's like, I got four kids. That's good enough for me. He had four kids. He's happy with four kids. Glad he has a family. And he says, I don't want my, my wife to be on hormonal therapy or treatment or whatever. Okay. He got a vasectomy. See, that's why I'm saying a lot of this might be hubbub. That's not a big deal. I think that's actually fairly normal. He says, the pre oh, you're going to love this. The procedure was a total relief, almost like a COVID shot. Like I'm safe now, said Grass, who works in higher education. I wanted to man up. Man, they are really trying to play the masculinity angle. Be a real man. Get a vasectomy. Look, it's up to you. You live your life how you want to live your life. I'm just saying y'all need to have kids. And for the people on the right and the conservatives, you should be happy with this. So long as conservatives are challenging critical race theory in schools, the left is going to lose. This is the major front. Why? Conservatives have tons of kids. Liberals do not. You know what that means? Progressives don't have kids. They have yours. So someone super chatted that us, uh, to us on Timcast IRL. If you raise your kids and they, they are instilled with your values, the future is going to be more moderate and conservative, probably just more conservative. But if you put your children in institutionalized learning facilities, the progressives will indoctrinate them. And I'm not saying they're all going to come out like shaved head commies. No, but they're going to adopt leftist values. They don't have kids. They have yours. So long as conservatives are challenging leftist ideas in schools and shutting it down, conservatives will win the long game. But yeah, man up. Get your balls lopped off. 
I'm kidding. I know. But Gress's action wasn't just about his family. He also believed he should do more to support his wife and other women who don't think the government should decide what they do with their bodies. I've seen the miracle of life, he said, but I've also seen kids who are born into poverty and misery and don't have a fair shot. I, I don't understand this, okay? You're saying that someone who is in poverty should just not be alive. It reminds me, you ever see Family Guy, the Family Guy episode where Stewie goes, it's not that I want to kill Lois, it's that I don't want her to be alive anymore. It's a funny joke, right? Because you're like, it's the same thing. So when they come out and they're like, I've seen the miracle of life, but man, some of these kids are just poor, so they shouldn't be alive at all. That freaks me out. The problem with this and the way it's framed is you can, you can clearly see it. He should man up and get a vasectomy. And then they go on to say that, uh, where, where, where are we at? Where are we at? His wife had taken birth control pills. It was a total relief. But uh, women, you know, the government shouldn't decide what they do with their bodies. I completely agree. 100%. What about the baby's body? There was a story I tweeted about a woman who had two uteruses. Uterus I? Uteruses? Whatever. And she gave birth to a baby at 22 weeks. 22 weeks. Wow. The baby was alive. So therein lies the, the, the hard moral question when it comes to choice versus life. There are two bodies involved. And if there is one person, I suppose the issue is circumstance. The, the pro-life people would argue, well, if, if, you know, if you were being reckless or irresponsible and this happened, you can't blame the baby and sever its life because the woman is unhappy with it. And I got to say, man, I fall into the safe, legal, and rare category of pro-choice, but it's, it's, it's very, very uh, complicated. One of the most uh, difficult moral issues, because I certainly believe life begins at conception, and anyone who argues otherwise is making a political argument. There's just, it, it, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'll say. It's ridiculous when, you know, we had Vosh on the show, and he said, I asked him when he thought life begins. He said, I don't know, birth? And I'm like, no, you, you can't. There, look, just because someone is dependent upon somebody else doesn't mean that they are not alive. So there are very serious moral challenges to this and pro-choice. And the issue, I suppose, is for me, the challenge is questioning whether someone was actually forced into a position, whether they're taking responsibility and whether the government can mandate someone provide their body to someone else. I'm just like, man, that's where it gets really tough for me. And I, and I encourage you guys <clears throat> to go check out the podcast I did with Glenn Beck about this, because I don't think I have any strong moral answers on this one. I certainly understand every argument made by the pro-life organizations, uh, by, by pro-life individuals, most of which tend to be run by women. And it's a very difficult position for me because I'm just like, every time I'm like, I agree with that. I do. I agree with that. I'm like, man, but the government coming in and deciding that you, you, you know, saying that you have an obligation to provide your body to someone else, it's like a line. I just don't know. I just can't cross. My, my brain just can't go there. Now, we can, we can talk about government involvement in medical procedures because government is involved in literally every single medical procedure. You want to get a surgery, there's regulation on it. So if you want to get an abortion, what's the difference between the regulation on that and the regulation on, you know, getting your kidney removed or something because it was diseased? You can't sell your, your organs. Well, there you go. Why? It's a detriment to your body. What about the body of someone else? Yo, I am not going to pr pr uh, pretend to be anyone with enough moral standing to figure out how we should handle this. I can certainly say, though, it's not so simple. It's overly simplistic. But back to the point. In this story, they're basically concerned about Roe v. Wade and saying men are getting vasectomies to help women. Maybe that's the solution, so long as a dude has kids and has a family. And I got to be honest, though, I think conservatives would agree with this one, too, or at least should agree. If there is a dude who doesn't want to have kids, then he shouldn't have kids. I mean, think about it. 
The people who want to have families, who want to have kids, who want to raise them right, are the ones who should be doing it. And if there's a guy who's like, don't want to do it, then they shouldn't. And if this prevents abortion, I think that sounds like a good thing, right? I will laugh at the idea of saying, you know, wanting to man up. But let's think about the context right here. It's a guy who already has four kids. So what's the issue? They go on to say, with the Supreme Court set to decide the fate of Roe v. Wade next year, and with more than 20 states poised to ban or impose restrictions on abortion, depending on what the court decides, some reproductive rights advocates say it is time for men to take a more active role in both family planning and the fight for reproductive rights. In their own form of protest, state lawmakers in Alabama, Illinois, and Pennsylvania introduced legislation that highlights the gendered double standards with regards to reproductive rights. Pennsylvania Rep. Chris Rabb, a Democrat, introduced parody legislation this fall in response to the Texas law that amounts to a near total ban on abortion. It's not. It's not true. What is it, like a 15-week ban? Rabb's proposal would require men to get vasectomies after the birth of their third child or when they turn 40, whichever comes first. It would be enforced by allowing Pennsylvanians to report men who failed to comply. Men are not the ones pushing pro-life legislation. What I mean by that is it is mostly women. These pro-life organizations, these adoption agencies, these religious charities, they are run by women. Not all of them. There are men pushing pro-life causes. You better believe it. The point is, it is mostly women. It is an insane narrative that it's like, yeah, well, what about men? They got to do this. And it's like, talk, talk to the pro-life women who are advocating to this, you know, for this stuff, because it is not just like men are doing this and men should be mocked for it. As long as state, in fact, it's also pro, uh, pro-choice. The whole abortion argument is overwhelmingly a women, a female uh, argument. Abortion organizations are run by women. Pro-life organizations are run by women and men for the most part sit back and either say yes or no. Quote, As long as state legislatures continue to restrict the reproductive rights of cis women, trans men, and non-binary people, okay, there should be laws that address the responsibility of men who impregnate them. Thus, men. And you see, this is what really, really pisses me off. These transphobes like Rab. Transphobes. Look, he says reproductive rights of cis women, trans men, and non-binary people. There should be laws that address the responsibility of men who impregnate them. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What about the trans women? What about the non binary people? You see what they do? They want to act like they care about these causes, but these transphobes like Rab, I'm being somewhat facetious, but you get the point. Don't come out here and try and play the stupid virtue signal game and then shift it back to men when you literally said men. You get get the point. These people are just virtue signaling. It makes no sense. Since December 1st, the Supreme Court heard the case, heard a case that is expected to decide the future of Roe v. Wade. Social media has been filled with tweets, memes, and quips using tongue-in-cheek humor to point out how men's role in reproduction is almost never talked about. Against abortion, have a, have a vasectomy. Well, what about the women who can't have vasectomies because they're women and they don't want to get their tubes tied because they want to have babies and they are pro-life and have babies? You see, this is the game they play. 
women overwhelmingly pro uh, um, the, the people who are pro-life are overwhelmingly female. I, I, I overwhelmingly maybe is a bit hyperbolic. It's majority women. Check this out. This is an old story from Vox. Republicans have a millennial woman problem. Nearly 70% of young women say they are leaning toward Democratic candidates in the midterms. And it's true. Let me show you this. Do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of the Democratic Party? And we can see that it's basically 50-50. Ever since, this is really amazing, since the fall of Kabul. I don't, I don't get this one, but uh, sure. Since the fall of Kabul, Afghanistan, women have soured on the Democratic Party. Ser seriously? That's okay. I mean, that's a good thing. I didn't think a core issue for women was the was Kabul. It was Afghanistan. Now, if we look back at the past few years, you can see that according to civics, women tend to view the, Repub uh, the Democratic Party unfavorably because most people do. But it's gone back and forth. As early as just this year, there was a 48% favorable rating among women in, in their view of the Democratic Party. Today, it is 49 unfavorable and 42 unfavorable. Quite literally, around the... So to be fair, since the signing of the American Rescue Plan, support has been dropping. But it dropped off significantly after the Taliban captured Kabul. All right, ladies, let's get that anti-war message out there. Let's, let's blame the Joe Biden administration for screwing that up. I am right there with you. And what about men? Well, I think it's obvious men don't like the Democratic Party. They never have. Going back to the beginning of the civics poll, 2015, men view the Democratic Party very, very unfavorably. 63% unfavorable, 31% favorable, and that is as of today. And the funny thing is, since the fall of Kabul, it's only gotten worse. So I'll put it this way. Most people do not like the Democratic Party. Women are more likely to like the Democratic Party, but even they're souring on Democrats. Now, of course, here's my favorite. Everyone hates the Republicans. If you look at Republican Party favorability, you can see that's 59% unfavorable, 29% favorable. Let's take a look at the ladies. Females, 26% favorable, 63% unfavorable. Let's take a look at the gents. 33% favorable, 54% unfavorable. So uh, basically, everyone hates the Republicans. Women hate them slightly more. And thus, this politics in America. Men hate Democrats at basically the same rate they hate Republicans. But women just hate the Democrats a little bit less. Amazing. And that is how Democrats win. Yo, for these dudes that are like, white knighting for these women and going to go get their, their, their vasectomies or whatever. You got to live your life for yourself. Okay. I can't look, there are probably some ladies that are, that are very much into, you know, weaker men. I'm sure my view of things is be yourself, believe, believe in yourself, be focused on your goals, have a plan. And that's attractive to women. Not every single one. Sure. Fine. Whatever. But for the most part, be yourself, be happy with yourself and do your thing. Stop trying to live for other people. Here's the way I see it. We all should be living a little bit for ourselves, just a little bit, which means we have a great deal of empathy for others and we lean slightly towards ourselves because you want to focus local to affect global. It's at the grassroots level. If every single dude said, you know what, instead of worrying about women's bodies, I'm going to worry about my body. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to wake up in the morning, do some push-ups, get some, get some exercise, mandatory 30 minutes of calisthenics in the morning. 
everybody would be a lot healthier, happier, and better off. Many guys would be just much more successful. Women, the same thing. If they stopped living so much for social media likes and attention, and it's not every woman, but it's enough to cause a lot of depression in young women, they would be better off if they lived a little bit more for themselves. You got you to gotta have that, that, that balance. We need to be focused on community. We need to be focused on voting right and making positive changes for those around us. But if you don't focus on your own health, your own life, and your own goals, then everything around you starts to suffer. A sad thing here, Pope Francis. Oh, Pope Francis. He calls the declining birth rate in Italy a tragedy. Look at his sad face. This isn't the first time Pope Francis has called for Italy's adults to have more children. On Sunday, he lamented Italy's declining birth rate, labeling the trend a tragedy. And you can see he's very sad in this image. I don't know if this image has anything to do with the story, but I love how that's how it works, right? Here's an image of the Pope. He looks sad. Tragedy. Well, in the U.S., we have the same issue over at TimCast.com. U.S. population growth hits lowest rate since nation's founding. All right. Here's what you should do. You should have a family. It's part of your goals and it's part of living for yourself. So I'll put it this way. You want, it should be like a sliding scale upward. And eventually your goals should be to better mankind, but it has to start with doing work for yourself and planning for yourself. It's, it, it's, a, it's a balance. As part of your life goals, as part of what you want to do, you should have a family. I know it's easy to say because, well, I don't. So maybe a bit, a bit hypocritical. But it's a part of my life plan and everything as well. It's just, I think, uh, here's the challenge, man. And I know this too. If good people of good moral fiber and values don't have kids, then there will be no one to carry on your values into the future. So I, I worry for the future if, if people like us aren't having kids and we're not. Millennials just not having kids. Don't ask me why. I can't tell you. I can tell you that a lot of people are getting vasectomies over political causes. And there's a lot of men who simp. You know, there'll be some lefty woman and she'll be like, I believe this, that or otherwise. And the guy will be like, whatever you say, I'll say whatever you want. But then these guys also are like, women don't like nice guys. It's a trope, isn't it? Men saying women don't like nice guys, and there's a, there's a, a subreddit about it. You don't want to be a nice guy. You want to be a driven, honorable, honest, hardworking man. You believe in yourself. You try to do right by others. You stand by what you believe. You don't let people push you around. And, and, and you earn the respect. It's the thing about guys, man. Guys have to earn the respect. They have to earn status. You can't just think you're going to have money or whatever and give people things and they're going to respect you for it. You can try and apologize. You can try and simp all day and night. You're not going to get respect for it. You've got to just be yourself. You've got to stand up for what you believe in. You've got to admit when you're wrong. You've got to accept when you're wrong. You've got to know when it's right to apologize, but you've got to know when it's right to stand up and say, no, you move. And it's not easy to do. It's not easy to be a good person. But I will say this have nothing to lose. And what I mean by that is, of course you will, but always keep in mind that whether you're protecting your friends and your family uh, or your ideals, you have somewhere to go. You have a backup plan. You know, I view this like I could get banned from YouTube at any moment. And if I do, then I know what I'm going to do. And a lot of, I've said before, like, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, go in a van down by the river. And a lot of people said, no, you won't, Tim. What I mean to say, and I'll clarify this, is I would be happy just getting away from all of the chaos and the smears and the anger and just going fishing. Just going out to the middle of nowhere, you know, just playing video games, relaxing under the, under the sun, not thinking about all the pandemic and lockdown stuff and just living my life. It would just be 
So nice. But I'm driven. I have goals. And there, there, you know, there are things I want to do. So I have this passion for these causes. But I will tell you this in all honesty. If I were to get banned or shut down, I'd probably just go into consulting. I would work with other companies on how to, uh, you know, on communications and media. And I could probably write. I could probably, you know, do behind the scenes stuff at any one of these companies and, and find a job. Which, so, so that says to me, the greatest risk in all of this is not getting banned. There's certainly a place for me at any one of these other companies in terms of writing or whatever. The greater risk is not standing up for what we believe in. Because then, 10 years from now, if everything we believe in is gone, we'll be standing in the barren wasteland of, of the world we wished we, uh, we wanted to live in. Nothing there. But if we plant those seeds now, in 50 years' time, there will be shade for which our children may sit beneath. I don't have all the answers. I am not the arbiter of morality. I am not the arbiter of truth. I'm a dude on the internet who reads stories and gives his opinions. And you are absolutely uh, entitled to criticize and insult and deride me all day and night. Because I, I, I have never been the person who just thinks that I'm, I'm better than other people or anything like that. And there are people who criticize me saying that I'm arrogant or whatever. And it's like overconfident. I certainly believe what I believe. And, you know, for the most part, I, I look at it this way. I won't tell you what to do. I don't want to tell you what to do. I want you to figure out for yourself what to do. And I want us all to be left alone. That's the libertarian mindset. There are other people who say this. There's a, there's a COVID risk, so everyone else should be locked in their home. It ri- reminds me of Bender from Futurama to, to get into more pop culture references. Bender, there's, a, there's a, uh, an episode where he goes, I'm so embarrassed. I wish everyone else was dead. That really exemplifies to me the the leftist Democrat establishment mindset. I'm so scared everyone else should be locked in their homes because that's what they do. You know, Nancy Pelosi, everybody's got to wear a mask and then she doesn't. Yeah, everyone else do it so I get to do what I want. No, I'm not about that. I'm not going to tell you what to do. If I'm worried about getting sick, I just won't go to your party. I won't tell you to to cancel your party. I'll say, hey, I'm kind of worried about getting sick. I don't think I want to show up. I know. I'm sorry, man. That's just me. I'm going to make a decision for myself. That's the, that's the more libertarian view. I believe that's the appropriate view. I believe it leads to prosperity and will make the world a better place if we all focus in this way. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 